You're listening to Conversations in the Cloud, a weekly podcast where IT leaders exchange insights about issues around cloud architectures for the data center. And now your host, Alison Klein. Welcome to Conversations in the Cloud. My name is Allison Klein, and today I'm here with Leo Leung from EMC. Welcome, Leo. Thanks. So, Leo, you obviously have a cloud-related position at EMC because you're on this program. What do you do at EMC? I'm part of a business unit called the Cloud Infrastructure Group, mm -hmm. uh, which is responsible for the Atmos family of products. I do strategy and product marketing for that group. Why don't you introduce us to Atmos and what the full scope of Atmos products are? Sure. Right now, we have three products on the market. There's the Atmos product, which basically is a cloud storage platform. It comes in two flavors, as a physical appliance or as a virtual appliance. And what it does is it enables a company to quickly build a distributed storage cloud for either external customers or internal customers. We just released a new product we call it the Atmos Cloud Delivery Platform. And that takes Atmos and basically transforms it into a utility. Okay. So you take that storage fabric that you've just built. The Cloud Delivery Platform then allows end users to actually self-serve okay. and, and get into that environment. So within a few minutes, get an identity, uh, in some cases swipe a credit card, and then they have access to the storage. So it automatically provisions a certain amount of storage for them based on what they've purchased? It basically gives them credentials to access the system. In some cases, you know, you can limit it to a certain capacity, or it's very much along the model of pay-as-you-go. And on the back end, what it does is it meters everything. Mm -hmm. So it then can feed back into a billing engine or chargeback engine. You know, that leads me into my next question, which is when it comes to storage, uh, what are the primary changes that are required to service cloud infrastructure versus traditional enterprise data centers? I think when you look at a cloud storage environment or a provider, mm -hmm. what they really want to do is to have a single pool of basically persistence that mm -hmm. they can deploy across geographic bounds. Uh, they don't want it to be siloed by a specific location or a specific application. They want it to be available to multiple applications, multiple geographies, multiple customers. So once they're able to do that, they're able to get obviously much higher utilization, right? They think about this concept of multi-tenancy, which in our case very much is you can service many, many different tenants in the same platform, single system mm -hmm. across many sites, and you can track them individually and isolate them. And again, if you do that, you get very, very high utilization and you get uh, a very easy to manage environment because you're not yes. thinking about each of those locations as different things. Right? You know, someone mentioned to me recently that the network is a real challenge when it comes to the rapid deployment of cloud in terms of latencies of data access. When you talk to customers and, and they're deploying storage clouds and, and serving up um, storage for customers potentially all over the world, how do they address latencies and how do we overcome that barrier? I think we've certainly learned a lot about what a distributed architecture looks like. In truth, if you, if you look across the world, I think you could actually serve almost everyone globally with 40 points of presence. There's these big hubs where everyone's connected. And if you're in those hubs, you can serve everybody with sub 50 millisecond type latencies globally. So certainly you have companies that are basically looking to do that. They already have that many points of presence right. in data centers, and they're looking to see if they can leverage that. Now, of course, it's a little challenging because the other trend is data center consolidation, right, where they're trying to move everything into two or three 
physical right. points of presence. So that I think latency is a challenge. I think it's actually clearer than ever how to address it. Mm -hmm. Right when you're thinking about how you distribute your own infrastructure, your owned infrastructure, mm -hmm. and then potentially how you leverage things like CDNs beyond that, right? And between those two, I think um, there's a lot of answers out there now. Now it's just a matter of figuring out the right deployment model, the right balance between those things. So what has the customer reaction been for Atmos? Do you have any examples of customers who have really changed their infrastructures based on the technologies you're delivering? We have a great customer called Vistaprint. You may know them for their ubiquitous business cards. Mm -hmm. right? Oh, so sure. You can get 250 business cards for free, but you have a big Vistaprint logo on them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so what they've done is they very much have a freemium kind of model where you can use their services for free. But, you know, that way you get a little bit of value and you figure out what they do. And what they've done with us is we're the infrastructure behind their website. And if you're a free user when you come in and you do your thing and you build a, your business card, of course we store it. We make sure that it's available to the printing facilities, right? We move it. Uh, but then after 90 days, we delete it because you're a free user. But if you do come back and you're a paid user, the application tells us, oh, this is a paid user. Make sure you're highly available. Create more copies distribute content to U.S. and Europe, mm -hmm. make it available to the printing press in case this person orders. And once they do order, the service is faster because we already move the content to the printing presses as the person's working on their project. Those simple things, right, in terms of understanding what the user actually is and what they're doing and what the storage does in reaction has saved them hundreds of thousands of dollars in terms of storage. Uh, as well as hundreds of thousands of dollars a year in terms of bandwidth. Well, Leo, thank you very much for coming on the program. It's been interesting. Thank you.